Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to our program. It's always good to have you. So, on a previous show, you heard me talk about the rapture and the tribulation, two events associated with the second coming of Christ. And at that time, I mentioned quickly a personal theory regarding the time of Jesus' return. Today, I am going to expand. First, once again, and I cannot say this too many times, Jesus was so clear, nobody knows the day or the hour. We don't know when Jesus is returning. We don't even know that we're the last generation. It's possible. He will definitely return someday. We do not know when. And this phenomenon of not being sure when is actually expounded upon more in the scriptures than people seem to think. You see, being impatient about the second coming of Jesus and doing a lot of guesswork about the second coming of Jesus is nothing new to our generation. It was going on in Jesus' day. I'm going to read now from 2 Peter. 2 Peter was one of the last letters, if not the last letter, that Peter wrote. It's certainly the last letter of his that has survived. He was awaiting punishment and execution under Emperor Nero. So this is late in church history. This is about 64 AD, I say late in church history in reference to when Jesus died, which was 33 AD, but late in the sense that the apostles are starting to die off. Peter's about to die. Others have died. We know that Paul also was executed under Emperor Nero. We don't know which one went first, him or Peter, but Peter's aware of many apostles who have died already. And you need to listen to his words. Now, first of all, he talks about the last days. The Bible defines the last days not as the last generation that will see Jesus return, but the new covenant. In the beginning of the book of Acts, when all kinds of miraculous phenomenon were being poured out upon the early church when the Holy Spirit came upon them, Peter says this fulfills what the prophet Joel spoke about the last days. And the last days begin with men and women and sons and daughters prophesying, and they end with the moon turning to blood and stars falling from the sky and Christ returning. So we are living in the last days. We've been in the last days for the last 2,000 years. That's not the same as the last generation. The last generation will not be able to identify itself until an event known as the seven-year tribulation, and even that we will not be able to identify, as I said before, until halfway through three and a half years when some bloodthirsty dictator who came along with charm and charisma and power goes into the temple and it'll be a new temple, a rebuilt temple, sets up a throne in the Holy of Holies, proclaiming himself to actually be God and promising to execute any who do not worship him as God. You will not be allowed to buy or sell if you do not worship him as God. And in the book of Revelation, we're told that wearing the number 666 is your way of worship. Him. So back to Peter. 2 Peter 3, 3 through 8. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Skipping down to verse 8 now. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand. Understand slowness. Instead, he is 
patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, it's interesting over the years that when we read verses like this, certain words jump out at people and they make much ado about nothing and the more important words they ignore. The much ado about nothing here is when he says one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. And some people say, oh, so maybe it wasn't a literal six-day creation. Maybe one of God's days is a thousand years. My friends, do you think a 6,000-year creation is going to please scientists who believe that the world is millions and millions of years old? Of course not. And that's not what Peter's trying to say anyway. That's one of the places where he's saying God is removed from time. One day is as a thousand years, but a thousand years is as one day. It's a nonsensical statement in the sense that it's pointing out that to God, there's no such thing as time. Time is a limitation for us. Okay, we can expand on that in a future program. The important point here is when Peter says, you may be impatient, but what's taking a long time to you is not taking all that much time to God. And the reason God is postponing the second coming, he's giving people more time to repent. And this breaks into my theory, a theory that I have scripture with which to back it up, but obviously I wish there was more, so I'll still call it a theory. I believe there have been several times throughout history where God allows the stage of the world to be set up for the second coming of Jesus Christ, but then he postpones it, giving people more time to repent. Now, what do I mean by the stage? I mean the events that need to happen, the tribulation, the persecution of Christians, the coming of the Antichrist, all the events that lead up to and culminate in the second coming. Now, you're thinking, but Bob, there's only going to be one Antichrist. Not so. There's going to be one ultimate Antichrist. There's going to be one final Antichrist. There is going to be that guy that Jesus returns and destroys. But look at these words from 1 John. This is also written very late in church history, the church history of the apostles, that is. John is still alive. He's an old man. He's writing to the church. And look at these interesting words. 1 John 2 8. Children, it is the last hour. Now, again, <laughs> right, last hour. See how loose they are with words like hour? That doesn't mean that it's going to happen an hour from now. It just means that from God's point of view, things are happening fast to us, not so quickly. But anyway, we're in those last days. We're in those last, as we said, it's been going on for 2,000 years. We're in that second covenant. Children, it is the last hour. And just as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now, many Antichrists have appeared. From this, we know that it is the last hour. So there's an ultimate antichrist, but there have already been other antichrists. Emperor Nero was an antichrist. He was the first emperor to persecute Christians. Did you know that in Hebrew numerology, and I'm not talking about magic numerology, I'm just saying that in ancient Hebrew, letters also signified numbers. The number for Nero's name in Hebrew numerology is 666. That's the identification of the Antichrist. And in the days of Emperor Domitian, that's when the book of Revelation was written. A lot of people say, well, God will never let his people go through persecution. God will never let Christians go through the Great Tribulation. 
Revelation. As I mentioned last time, there will be Christians going through the Great Tribulation, and Revelation was written because Christians were already going through a kind of tribulation. It was certainly persecution. They were certainly being murdered. Emperor Domitian was claiming to be Lord and God, and he was telling people that if they didn't worship him, if they didn't go to a temple of the Roman Caesars and worship him and light incense to him as God, they would be executed. He was the most evil emperor we had had since Nero. In fact, the ancient Romans, many of the ancient Romans believed he was Nero reincarnated. Now, I don't believe in reincarnation and the Bible does not teach reincarnation. I'm just saying that to get you into the heads of the ancient Romans. Domitian was somebody like Nero. An antichrist is one who persecutes the church and impersonates good and claims to be God. Jesus really was God. An antichrist will make the false claim of being God. Nero was an antichrist. Domitian was an antichrist. There is such a thing in Scripture as multiple fulfillment in prophecy. There is such a thing in Scripture as conditional prophecy. In the ninth chapter of Daniel, Daniel makes a prediction, and Jesus refers to this prediction, the time of his visitation to Israel. Daniel predicted the exact amount of days of which Jesus would actually come to Jerusalem, the day he would march in. And that is the day that we traditionally call Palm Sunday. That day works out to March 30th, 33 AD. But Daniel went on and made other predictions. He talked about this seven-year tribulation. He called it the abomination of desolation. He talked about somebody profaning the holy temple and going into the holy of holies. Now, a lot of times, and I have done a previous show about this, people ask me, why do we have to have two comings of Jesus? Why couldn't there have been one? Well, getting back to the idea of multiple fulfillment, getting back to the idea of conditional fulfillment, originally there was only going to be one coming of Jesus, but the Jews rejected him. Not all of them. All of his followers were Jews, but the Jewish religious leaders, the ones running the country, the puppet people running the country under the Romans, they did not accept Jesus. If they had, he still would have needed to die on the cross. And remember, if the Jewish Sanhedrin had gotten behind Jesus, then Pontius Pilate, all on his own, without anybody having to talk him into it, if they were all rallying around him, calling him king, I guarantee you Pontius Pilate and the Romans all on their own would have crucified Jesus. They did crucify Jesus, but the Jewish Sanhedrin had to talk them into it. They would have done it all on their own. He still would have paid for our sins. He still would have risen from the dead. He was going to have to do that no matter what, because that's the only way a soul can be saved. But instead of going away, he would have stayed and he would have set up his kingdom and he would have banished the Romans. And in those days already, they were calling the Roman emperors gods. It's true that Domitian was the first one to take that seriously, and it's true that Nero was the first one to persecute Christians, but had there been a lot of political unrest in the name of Christianity, that could have happened from Emperor Tiberius as well. And so all those things could have been fulfilled in those days. It became postponed, partly because the people rejected Jesus, but God gave them more time to repent. When you read the book of Acts, you see many of the Pharisees, many of the Sadducees gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Paul originally was a Pharisee. He had been persecuting the church. One day Jesus appeared to him, identified himself, said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then the apostle Paul became so powerful in the church, he actually wrote half the books of our New Testament. So it could have happened right then without there even being a second coming at all. It could have happened under Nero. It could have happened under Domitian. Look at the time of Adolf Hitler. Hitler viewed Germany as a revived Roman empire. Hitler hated and murdered the Jews 
Jews wanted to execute every Jew in Europe and came close to doing so. But at the same time, Zionism is going on in the Middle East. The Jews are returning to their homeland. Can you just imagine the pastors in those days that must have looked at the way the world was getting set up and said, this is it. We're on the threshold of the second coming of Christ. Well, we may have been on the threshold of the second coming of Christ, but God postponed it. Are we on the threshold of a second coming of Christ today? Do we see antichrists in the world? Could something like the Great Tribulation rise up right in our own times? Oh, yes, and so easily and so much theater going on between Israel and the other nations and anti-Semitism spreading all over the world and a hatred of Israel. It could happen really easily or God could postpone it again. Look at Jesus' words when he comes into Jerusalem, Matthew 23. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is lamenting that Jerusalem will not accept him. As a result, Jerusalem's going to get destroyed and it did get destroyed by the Romans. But Jesus is saying it doesn't have to happen that way. I would prefer that it not happen that way. What's the reverse of this? If they had accepted him, Jerusalem would not have been destroyed. And in similar words from Luke, he adds in the part about Daniel, Luke 19, 44, and they will level you to the ground, talking again about Jerusalem and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. The time of the visitation is referring to is Daniel. He talks about the abomination of desolation of Daniel, even more specifically in Matthew 24. Will there be a second coming of Christ? Yes. Could we be getting geared up for it right now? Yes. Could it happen in our time? Maybe. Could it get postponed to some other future time? Yes, as it has been for the last 2,000 years. That's my theory. Those are the scriptures I go to to support the theory. This is Bob Siegel making the obvious obvious. Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.